Jessica. Joseph. Brooke. <laughs> wow. Why are you trying to come out with somebody's middle name? <laughs> I mean, uh, is it Joseph Brian or Brian Joseph? Joseph Brian. Joseph what? is your first name. Right. I really find it weird that I'm the only one that calls you Joe. Me, everyone else does, too. <laughs> Including myself. You mean <laughs> Cornbread. <laughs> Cornelius Esquire the third. Well, the only people that call me Jessica is my family and uh, bill collectors. <laughs> so... I've, I'm keeping a running tally in my head of all your complaints today. Oh, you are. I am being a bitcher today, aren't I? The chair's too hard. It's too hot in here. It's too <laughs> cold in here. If I hear you spit your snuff in the microphone, I'm not doing the podcast. Yeah. Uh, the, the cream for the coffee was way too much cream. Uh, what else? I didn't share share my raisinets with Mason. <laughs> uh, I feel there's probably two more in there. I didn't like the chicken wrap. Easily. <laughs> yeah, the chicken wrap. But I did say it was better at room temperature. And you also said a Swiss roll was your top little Debbie. Yeah, it has sentimental to value to me, too. So it's like my daddy used to eat them with me when we were little. So it's like it's one of those things. So, so. But outside of that, zebra cake for sure. Oh, absolutely. But the Swiss roll has a thing. It's not just the yumminess as much as it. It's the, the rest of the um, memories, I guess. So is there any particular reason you're all frazzled? No. Not at all. No, I had a pretty decent day. Worked hard. Right. Um, How was the ride? But you're out right. Here? I was kind of bitchy. How was the ride out here? Um, it was good. Well, you wasn't doing it with disdain. You're just. I know, but it's it. But I want to, you know, check myself or walk around being a bitcher. Right. You know, complaining. You good to go now? Yeah, I'm better now. Thanks. So how was work today? It was good. I blew through a bunch of stuff. It was no meeting Thursday. What does that mean? That means that if all possible, no one on the team tries to schedule a meeting. No meetings within your company. Correct. But you still have client meetings. If we need to, we can. It gives us time to get through our stuff. Vendor meetings. If if we need to, yeah. All other different types of meetings are still on the table <laughs> yeah but it gives us an opportunity to have those meetings when we're not overwhelmed with everybody in our company trying to talk so, to each other so is it really no meeting thursday well it, it is if you don't have any meetings and i happen to not have any meetings today okay i did have a few client phone calls but i didn't have any meetings let me tell you what happened today let's at, hear it at work so for all y'all that don't know i crush concrete I run a concrete crusher, mm-hmm. 110,000 pounds of German steel. Wow. <laughs> that uh, just demolishes concrete. Mm-hmm. Takes big, humongous pieces of concrete that's got rebar and bridge wire and fiber and 
extra rock in it and granite whatever you want to throw in it it'll just eat and it had been tore up for a while and it was evident that it had been turned up for a while compared to how it runs now because now i mean that thing is getting down <laughs> it is doing it is uh especially crushing it is top speed it is scary <laughs> so we have a screener that coincides with the crusher mm -hmm. so you put the concrete into a hopper it shakes separates dirt out of it goes into these two massive jaws one of which is stationary and one one moves mm -hmm. and it basically just pulverizes this concrete against the stationary jaw comes out the concrete belt goes into the screener the screener totes it to another set of shakers shakes it big medium little just like the three bears big medium little <laughs> that's how it separates the rock right? right then of course we sell it as recycled concrete and what are you what are, oh, i'm not let me let you finish before i start asking questions okay so i'm doing my thing crushing just wide open right before lunch i notice a ball of fire go, going <laughs> up the screener belt I'm like, whoa, cuz. Like a legit ball of fire? Yes, yes. Like, hmm. seriously, like two foot two foot tall. I'm like, whoa, cuz. And, you know, what was... The, we have a water hose at the end of the crusher that sprays as that rock's coming off mm -hmm. to keep the dust down for multiple reasons. Our health, the health of the machines, you know, just general everything. Right. This fire's going up the belt. I'm like, whoa, cuz. And I start to get a hope to my helper. And I said, no, I got to let that get out of the screener. Because if we cut the screener off and we can't get to it fast enough, it'll catch the screener far. So I said, let it get out. So it comes on out, lands right over there where the helper is. <laughs> so I see him in a tizzy. He's taking his gloves off, putting them back on. Ball of fire. Don't know what to do. And. So finally, he gets the guy on the wheel loader to come over, and he, he scrapes it out. And I thought, well, a lot of times if you put a hunk of wood in there, it'll get real hot, and it'll catch it afar. So I said, well, that's a six-by-six six or something that got hung up in there, caught it afar. Finally, it fell through the jaws, and we're good. And when you say far, you mean fire. F. I. R-E. For all y'all who didn't know, he means fire. <laughs> right. So then I hear this thing as, as he drug it out of the pile. It's popping, and I can see it going, pow. And I can hear it in the track hose mm -hmm. over three machines before, because my son was right beside me on another. I can hear it going, pow, pow. I'm like, what in the world is that? Like firecrackers? sort of but more not as much bass but more crack mm -hmm. so my immediate thought is wow we've done got a piece of rock in here that had a blasting cap in it that didn't ignite like from a job when a uh, construction job they run into rock you know they have to dynamite it to blow it up so oh. they can get the rock out so i'm thinking whoa cuh we done got a piece of dynamite right here, and it's done caught afar. This is about to get serious. 
So I called the, the wheel loader guy. I'm like, throw some dirt over that thing. Throw some dirt over <laughs> So he throws some dirt over I get down, shut everything down. I go over. I'm like, all right, well, it should be out of far now because he done threw four yards of dirt on top of this thing. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I can see him shoveling like a crazy person. No. He comes up with a tractor bucket, scoops oh. a big pot. We don't play. <laughs> we don't play. If I say throw some dirt on it, by golly, there's some dirt coming. You feel me? I, I mean, I do now, for yeah, sure. We don't, yeah, we don't play. So I'm going to need you to cut your phone off. I'm going to need you to know that's not my phone. That was rude, Jessica. <laughs> Ain't nobody got an iPhone on this side of the podcast. Um, so we get her shut down. I go over there. I'm like, hey, Ralphie, drag it back. Let's see what it is. My helper's up. It's a piece of metal. It's a piece of metail. Like a piece of metal don't catch a fire. It ain't a piece of metal. <laughs> so he drags the, the dirt back to about the depth he thinks the object is. Uh-huh. And immediately smoke comes up and goes, bah, bah. <laughs> So all three of us, you know, like, whoa, cuz. I'm like, put the dirt back on it. Put the dirt back on it. So I called the boss. I'm like, look, dude, I don't know what we got over here, but it's it ain't wanting to play nice. <laughs> what You know, you want us to bury it? <laughs> What do you you want us to do? We have this popping, fiery thing that we don't know what it is. Right. What would you like us to do with it? (laughs) So he comes back over. He's like, you think we can uncover it again? I said, yeah, we'll we'll uncover it again. So we uncover it again. And this time it wasn't a fire. It was just barely smoking. And we uh, got a little old pear picker, you know, a little garden tool. And pulled it. (laughs) You know, three fingers. Look, sort of like that guy that was stirring the mashed potatoes. <laughs> I really wish y'all could see him, like, live-actioning it right now. Remember that guy in Scary yeah. Movie that oh, stirred the mashed potatoes take with Take my hand, child. <laughs> yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> so we pull it out, and it was some type of battery pack. It was about 12 inches long, maybe 14, and it was loaded down with batteries. Wow. And it had all kinds of wars, and it was metal. By golly, when them batteries got mashed in there, it said, watch this. We're trying to blow up. But it was some some kind of battery pack. That's interesting. A little bit of excitement. Absolutely. Yeah, I had no excitement today. No no burning battery packs. No No, burning battery packs. No popping battery (laughs) packs. No pair picking. No, I let Law & Order SVU play in the background while I worked all day. Who is that girl that plays on Law and Order SVU? Mariska Hargitay. Yeah. God, I hope I pronounced that right. I think her mama was. Uh, who was her mama? Was some famous actor? I have uh, no idea. Dad. And if it was her mama, you mean actress? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was it what is it? Jane's man. I told you I didn't know to begin with. Anyway, okay. So, but, anyway, yeah. well, that was work. Which is not uh, not uncanny that you brought that up. Right. Because what are we talking about today? We're talking about our perspective on workaholics. Right. Our experience as, were we workaholics? I know. I'm glad you didn't say, like, retired or... Uh, 
former or ex ex workaholics. Yeah, is that is that appropriate? So so, the definition queen Miss Jessie Brooke Porter mm-hmm. work aholic. Well, I did look up a few things um, just because I want to. I mean, you I have this thing like sometimes I think that I know stuff. Um, but I don't. <laughs> I do that all the time too. You know, like I forget that uh, I don't really know, or maybe I don't um, understand what a word means. I forgot that you could catch something on fire going through the crusher. <laughs> I feel like in your case, then that that should be something you should steady be on the lookout. Things on fire, but anyway, that's a side point. So. Workaholic, it says a person who compulsively works hard and long hours, which I feel like is pretty generic. Yeah. Um, I did, you know, keep digging a little bit about, you know, kind of what the perception on workaholics were. And you and I have talked about this and as a part of, you know, our addictions, because um, alcohol is just one. Right. Um, but it says work addiction, often called workaholism, is a real mental health condition. Like any other addiction, work addiction is the inability to stop the behavior. It often stems from a compulsive need to achieve status and success or to escape emotional stress. And then when I, I kept digging a little bit and it said, you know, the American Addiction Center... Um, It says anyone who demonstrates a high rate of four of the following seven criteria is deemed to be a workaholic. Intensely focusing on ways to create more time in one's schedule to work. I feel like that's a check. Regularly works longer hours than originally anticipated. Check. (laughs) Um, Uses work as a coping mechanism for managing guilt, anxiety, depression, and or feelings of helplessness. Probably at some point in my life, I could add a check to that. Ignoring the concerns of family and friends about the amount of time spent working. For sure. Check. Feeling stressed if one is unable to work. Oh, that's me for sure. Right. Frequently compromising mental and physical well-being at the expense of working, says the man who continued to work with Corona. I'm just saying, just saying, like, not the not not like me. Like I had Corona and had had no symptoms. You had Corona and were sick, and you still went to work. And before you comment, one more, experiencing negative health effects due to working. So, anyone demonstrating so the American Addiction Center says um, demonstrating. High um, four of the seven criteria possibly might have a work addiction. So now your comment. First off, I, I you know <laughs> I have to say we'd been talking about this subject for oh what three or four days talking about. I mean this this conversations completely organic we didn't talk about anything we were going to talk right, about right but we knew three four days ago we had mentioned it maybe two weeks ago mm-hmm. and we decided this would be the topic of discussion right for this particular podcast 
But I have to say that God ain't playing with me. <laughs> he never it, does. Especially here late. You know, he's just, the way he is lining everything up for me to think and to act is just, it's, a, it's unexplainable. So, you was explaining where, or you said one of the symptoms is one that is that not it feels bad about not working mm-hmm. right so what uh, two months ago i had some vacation time not two, just some vacation two different times mm-hmm. and had the allotted time off you had a substantial amount of vacation time that had backlogged it's no coincidence we're talking about this right now <laughs> right because both of those times i didn't make it my full vacation and why is that, Joseph? Uh, because I just had to go back to work. Wow. Why? Because you felt that they needed you to be there to do, to get the job done appropriately, or you know, to get the job done at all. You know, in my younger years, I, I believe that was true. Mm-hmm. In my mid, late, and even early thirties, I believe that to be true. Mm-hmm. You know, and then totally my ego, right? Oh, yeah, I mean, same here. 100% my ego. Yeah, we can do it better, faster, easier, and then, you know, it doesn't run right if we're not there. But now, um, and I don't know, I don't know the correlation, but I just had to go back. I had to, it's almost like I was crawling out of my skin because I wasn't working. I I don't, um, I'm not job scared. Uh. Period. I really. I'm not. I'm not. Right. Uh, but I was crawling out of my skin to go back to work. Do you think some of that has to do with being out of your routine? I think it does. I mean, because we we know as as you know having addictions and and being in recovery that routine is is pretty specific in keeping us right sized and. Uh, because I know that if I go on, I don't really have a problem not uh, taking vacation. It depends on if I go somewhere when I take vacation. Right. Right. If I'm outside of my own element, then I can get a little squirrely. The the first vacation uh, that I remember taking with my family as a whole, that wasn't, you know, over a three or four day weekend, mm-hmm. um, was 2000 and 12 2012 mm-hmm. and this coming january me and my wife will have been married for 20 years wow and that was the first vacation you know i just used to lose them right just lose them just give the time up yeah i gotta work just lose them wow now i've sensed uh especially this year and that last year they rolled over but there were some other underlining things there um but you know i don't know why i don't know why i just crawl out of my skin got to go back so being no coincidence <laughs> tomorrow starts i got three days vacation with saturday and sunday in the middle so five days of no work five days of no work Wow. And you're going to make it the whole five days. I'm going to. That's right. You know, it's funny because I I was thinking, 
you know, I um, worked for a company that I loved for many, many years prior to the company that I work for now. And I was good at my job and I love the people that I worked for. Um, I mean, so much so, I mean, I, I guess I was 30 ish, maybe 29 when I got the job. 11, 12 years ago. <laughs> right. And, um, but I got, I got pregnant while I was working for this company. I literally <laughs> took time off. You know, I had a lot of time. I'm like, I saved. I didn't have uh, benefits, and that didn't matter because I loved the job. But I saved time, and I'm like, I'm going to take, you know, X amount of time off, right, for this, to have this baby, the second child. I knew what I was getting into. I was prepared, you know, whatever. And <laughs> and it was just like that. It was like, I, I don't know, week three, I was like, okay, I'm ready to do some stuff from home. And it wasn't, I mean, I really enjoyed being at home with Mason for that time, but, you know, I was able um, to not be as crazy about it, but I spent a long time. And like I said, I worked for them for 10 years, so, you know, my whole life. Everything I did, answering answering phone calls, emails, texts, all hours of the night, taking emergency calls, you know, working on the weekends, traveling. I mean, whatever it took, it didn't matter. Um, my family is always like, you know, Mama, it's Saturday. Or, you know, my husband's like, really? It's like 10 o'clock at night and you're taking a phone call. And I'm like, it's my business. Like, right. I literally felt like it was my business. Now, the downside to that in my... In my story is the, the the people that I worked for, the one of the partners particularly was especially good to me, and uh, we had a, the same work mentality, we had the same personality, and you know he pretty much gave me the you know the keys to the kingdom for his business. I was the chief operating officer. I worked. I started as a manager, went to a regional, got promoted all the way to operations, and you know really affected my ego <laughs> right. you know he trusted me and of course i was in active addiction and that um that spiraled my my need to work my need to be in control i made all the decisions i didn't make all the decisions i ran everything by him but it's just that it's just that snowball effect right. where you know that was the most important thing to me right and, and i say that like that i mean i love my my family but it came before them, right? For sure. Yeah, I, I, I was definitely the same way. I was thinking when you said you was an active addiction. Of course, I was too. I wonder if there was. I mean, here's a thought: Was it that that is something we knew we wasn't messing up? In and of the sense, we was sober while we was doing it. Well, <laughs> most of the time. You know, in right. the beginning, yeah. Um, you know, and for those of you who don't know me, I'm in property management, so there's a stigma for, for drinking in the industry. High-dollar real estate lady. <laughs> that's what they call me, right? That, that's what my kids are. <laughs> my kids said when she was helping read over a lease for them. That uh, he knows a high-dollar real estate lady. Right. He's not playing around. <laughs> um, but I... Um, Totally lost my train of thought. What was I saying? 
you was talking when I when I mentioned we was sober most of the time. Oh, right. And you said definitely at the beginning. Yeah. So there was a stigma, and and you know, because the job is a lot. It's all it goes back to all the other things we used to say about drinking. Like, if you were a property manager, and you know, there was a whole you know seventeen hundred Facebook meme pages that talk about property management and booze and right. you know whatever. Um, every function you go to, there's free booze. Every vendor you. You know, every holiday you get booze from the vendor. I mean, you know, there is a little bit of a stigma there, but. Um, and you work. I mean, do you mind saying you work where? Downtown? Yeah, I worked downtown. I worked in Midtown, Atlanta. I live in Canton, and I have. And I, the entire time I worked um, in Midtown, I lived in Canton. So I commuted every day gladly. So, so explain to me, I mean, that's where the. Is that where the party's at? Um, it wasn't partying. I mean, in Midtown, it wasn't partying, right? So, well, I'm talking about like what's around you. Like it's convenient to be able to go and and do some drinking. No, I mean no? yes, okay. but that wasn't what I did. Okay. So let me. I mean, like we would do um, happy hour, right? But it's. I mean, it's Midtown. You can literally do happy hour on every corner. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. You know, at. it's not like, a, I mean, but it's no different than going to Applebee's. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, you go to Applebee's in order to drink. It's it's not like, I mean, I wasn't down there on the at nights or on the weekends. Um, but I really, um, my job came to a place where it wasn't just a job. It was a career. It was the choice I made. I felt like I would work for that company until I was a partner in that company. Um, that was my goal. That was what was discussed as my my career plan with the owner, with the current owners of the company. Um, and it came to a point where I felt like it defined who I was, and it wasn't reality, right? Because you know, property management is not rocket science. <laughs> but they, you know, I got my real estate license, and then later on, I got my broker's license, and I have all this education, and I have all this you know natural skill and ability and then you throw on 10 years of experience you know you actually actually look like you know what you're doing mm-hmm. right <laughs> but i was you know i'm a natural salesperson did, did do you think at so the goal that you had of being a partner right yeah i mean that had to drive some of the I'm going to stay here and, and get everything done. I'm going to work the hardest. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I literally thought it was my business. Okay. So then what was was it a manifestation that took place then? Or do you feel you had already done that and that may have been what led you to having the goal and the opportunity that you felt you was going to get? Meaning, did I have the motivation to begin with? The work aholicism so to speak um i always i have always had a, a natural drive right um <laughs> let's be clear i always thought i was you know better than i really was i, I can't remember a time um being even killed i mean looking hindsight right like at the time i didn't think that but looking back it's like i always I went through a lot of jobs, and I was fired a few times for, um, you know, saying things and doing things that were outside of my pay grade, you know, um, and that's a hard lesson to learn. But I always had a drive, always wanted more, 
always wanted to be quote unquote somebody you know wanted to go to college wanted to do all the things that nobody in my family had done um you know i was going to be different <laughs> uh, well i mean you you have a relentless personality i do like a uh i'm, I'm just going to keep on i'm going to keep on i'm going to keep on i'm going to keep on and it manifested over the years especially in with my drinking into um you know it became more of a defect than it did an asset for sure it became a you know what what started out as not being a quitter (laughs) right you know manifest into something that's i couldn't recognize at the end right well i think that sort of falls under when you started talking about um when you was pregnant and had the baby and then you couldn't get back to to work quick enough that falls under two symptoms at one time right you had to be to work you were crawling out of your skin to do something plus your health mm-hmm. i mean as a woman this and isn't it the yeah, and I had, customary I had to take a C-section. Six, six weeks yeah i had a c-section so i had um you know i had a substantial wound um but you know nothing's going to stop me but i didn't um hindsight again you look back i mean i was able to do some work at home but i can remember being on maternity leave and and getting a call from one of the owners one of the team members had had an issue with me and and having this come to jesus with them about you know my attitude and it's jesse's way or no way and you know if you don't get along with jesse you don't work here and you know, my boss being like, you know, you really need to get your attitude in check. <laughs> you know, and and Brian was always really good to me and pointed out when I was being crazy. Um, and I, you know, I had, uh, I just wanted more and more and more. Right. Like everything else, you know. It's just like, it, I mean, there was no stopping it. Yeah. Well, you know, there's a... For, for me, there's an aspect of a man is going to provide for his family, mm-hmm. and um, you know, you're a lot of. I feel that it's as a parent, it's a a responsibility in a loving manner to distill values of a good worth ethic in your kid. And and I think that was distilled in me when I was young. So when I when and what I'm getting at is talking about uh, when I worked when I had the coronavirus. Yeah, but I don't uh, necessarily think that's only a man's position. Uh, I, yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I'm just know? I'm just speaking from my perspective. Sure. I'm thinking of the things I've done. And um, so when I had the coronavirus during this scamdemic. <laughs> Uh, Topic for another time. Yeah, really. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'd never been as sick before. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe with a tooth infection or something. I was pretty sick. But um, looking back on it now, there was definitely some days I probably shouldn't have been working. Mm-hmm. Now, somebody might be listening to this and, oh, all the people you put at risk. No, I was isolated nobody was around me i didn't have to be around anybody else i'm in my own tractor my own world Mm -hmm. you know what i mean um 
had to do some labor work. I mean, you always do if you run heavy equipment. So I don't really look at that part as, uh, like I said, maybe a couple of those days was to the extreme. Well, probably three or four of them because I had it for uh, for sure 11 days, probably more like 13 before. So I'd say those first five or six days for sure, maybe I shouldn't have been working. Right. But I was capable, you know, so I went in and worked. So I don't really look at that as that particular scenario as being part of being a workaholic. But you could have very easily taken some of the days you had for time off and rested. Wow. I mean, I'm just saying you could have. Now, that's the pot calling the kettle black. I also had the Rona. Right. (laughs) My husband had the Rona. He was very, very sick. I was fortunate and lost my sense of taste and smell. That was the only symptoms I had. But I worked. I, I too, also worked through the the Rona. Um, But I and I remember talking to you mm -hmm. while you did it. And I didn't perceive it as, oh, she's just a workaholic. She's got to. D- did you? I no, mean, because right. I didn't feel bad. So, so, you see what I'm saying? Like right. the difference, the difference being, you know, I, I should have rested, right? right? Like, I mean, you sh- just like when you have the flu, I mean, you should rest. Right. And, but I, you know, but my job obviously is less strenuous. Right. Um, I mean, I did it for years drinking, you right. know, um, well, but it was definitely not at my full potential. Well, there's there was something you said just a, just a minute ago, and I I want to try to come around the bend and over the <laughs> hill and back to it and get your perspective. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. So we both can definitely agree that years ago we definitely, and I'm not trying to admit or not admit whether or not I was a workaholic. I feel I had some of the symptoms sometimes were different than others because I'll be the first to tell you, you give me a chance to go turkey hunting, mess around, <laughs> and it's been this way my whole life, mess around and let me get a window to go out that gate and go turkey hunting and you'll be eating my dust. Yeah, that was, I mean, for me, I always took the vacations. Right. But... I mean, I worked the vacations. I had my laptop with me. You know, I had my phone with me. I mean, we would literally be on the beach. Right. And Kent would be like, what are you doing? Right. And I'm like, I'm answering emails. Why? <laughs> so, so we can truly say that there were definitely some of those aspects. Right? Oh, for sure. In my in my self, I mean, I thought, right. I thought it couldn't run without so, me. So there were some of those aspects Mm -hmm. so let me ask you this Mm -hmm. was it when you realized that goal of that job that you had that you loved so much and you put so much into was not going to be reached is that when it changed no did it change when you started working on your sobriety yes okay my perspective changed which then um, potentially changed it. I did not go willingly away. I mean, you know, like I did not go willingly away from the thought of 
I'm smart. I mean, you know, like I carried that with me. So I left that company mutually. I left that company and, and went to a different company, you know, for different circumstances. But I'm, I'm doing a jobs different but similar in the same industry. And um, I have more experience. I have more knowledge. I had more natural talent. Um, I had better people skills. I had, I mean, it was ridiculous. See, <laughs> see I think. In thinking about it, I think mine changed. <clears throat> Excuse me. I think mine changed as my alcoholism changed, as I ramped up my drinking. You worked more or less? Less. And I, so, so I work in the construction field, heavy equipment, on up until 2009. It was as many hours as you could get when you could get them, A, because you don't know when it's going to rain. Right. You don't know when you're not going to be able to work. So then, I, you know, I was blessed to get a job where the rain really didn't affect me that much. So I just kept that mentality is I'm going to work as much as I can. And, you know. But why? 2006 to 2000, the end of 2009. I mean, I, I was even blessed at the at the beginning of 08 during the recession to still be getting 65, 70 hours a week. I remember, do you remember when the floods come through and they hit Powder Springs, Georgia real bad and uh, flooded? I, when you say when the flood came, I think, no, I mean, no, I don't know. <laughs> I got, I got those two weeks, I got 109 hours each week. Now, how much, you know... For me, part of my need to work, because it's different for me. It was different for me, right? I was not an hourly employee. I was a salaried employee, but I had a potential, right? Like the more I got promoted in my career, I had a potential for profit sharing and, you know, bonuses and et cetera. And it, it came to be... <laughs> The money, right? But right. but you and I have had this conversation where I have made X amount of dollars and had nothing, you know, um, and nothing to show for it. Um, is money? Did money play a part for you? I've ha I've had a problem for a long time with security. I don't think everybody in, in, does. In my mind, if I don't have. I'm, I'll just be fair with you. If I don't have $10,000 in savings, I'm a nervous wreck. Right. Period. Why do I need $10,000 in case the washing machine goes out? Right. But you see what I'm saying? Sure. What if the Frigidaire goes out? Mm -hmm. Now, if your air conditioning goes out, you better have about four or $5,000. Mm -hmm. uh, so I've had that issue. and But then there's also the thing, you know, Lord forbid, what if something happens to me? Right. You you live in that uh, morbid reflection sometimes. What What's my family going to do? Right. How's my wife going to pay the house payment? You know, how are they going to eat? How are they going to get squared away? How are they going to bury me? Mm -hmm. you, you see what I'm saying? Wow. So, it's not... It was never about getting more money because I, I truly feel... And I don't really know how to articulate this, that there are very, I was blessed. And I I have to say it come from my mom and my grandfather, 
but I can't remember any specific lessons. So maybe it's just what I seen when mm-hmm. I was younger. There's very little want I have, and I'm not bragging, of material things. Right. And I, I take it as a 100% blessing. Yeah, I could see that about you. Uh, I mean, there's things I definitely want to do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I have wants in, in that way. But, like, oh, I want a new gun. Or I'd like, you know, I just don't have wants like that. Mm-hmm. But... It's, but the security is a want. The security, mm-hmm. yeah. I think the security, and I, you know, I'm working with it. I'm, I'm praying over it. I'm, I'm getting. It. I think I'm getting there a little bit. Well, you know, we just like we talk about a lot. We have to be willing, and let God do the rest because right. you can't take it with you. Right. But also, He wants us to be frugal. So, so something just come to my mind, and I know you took my notes and just threw them in the corner like they're not worth nothing. My I studies. <laughs> Which look, one? This one? Look in there. Uh, it's First Timothy, I think. With, I, I have it written, da- written down on a piece of paper. It's uh, f- it maybe on that one. First Timothy, I think, 6 8. I think so. Yeah. They, uh... No, that's First Timothy. Timothy. Oh. And having food and remnant, let us be there with content. Right. That's what you okay. have written next to 6-8. Okay. That's First Timothy 6-8. Mm-hmm. Um, that was Paul talking about we should be content with what we're provided with food and clothing. Sure. And But, but not being content about being driven to be closer to God and the Lord. You see right. what I'm saying? So not being not content with not doing that. Right, right. Right, right, right. Right. Like you should want and want and want more to be closer to the right. Lord. To closer grow to your Jesus. relationship. Right. Right. So be content with food and closing the necessities that the Lord has provided you. Mm-hmm. Right? So why does all of us work the way we work to begin with? Well, I think some of that, too, I think a lot of it has to do with security. Um, I think a lot of it has, you know, I mean, for for me, you know, I wanted the nice things, too. Mm-hmm. Now, I when I say, I mean, you know, I drove, an, I drove a new car and um, I ate out a lot and I drank a lot. Right. And, you you know, still eat out a lot. What I are do. you talking about? I'm a terrible cook. And my husband works, and he doesn't cook. You know, he 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 works. He stayed at home with Mason for years, and he cooked, and it was great. Now he's working again, and um, I have to cook. And man, it's not nearly right. as edible in some cases. Right. Side note: Hush. Anyway, hush. But um, you know, I think that I just wanted the things, whatever the things were. You wa- you wanted to yeah you wanted to have the ability to for whatever yeah. Yeah, I mean the first time I the you know I made a salary that I didn't believe I could ever make, I was like, whoa, right. <laughs> and then when I then when I did my taxes that year, I'm like, I made what? And I was like, what? I what? What about when you said I I gotta pay what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like my rent is what? I don't have a house. I'm like I don't know. Um. But I, I know I do know that everything happens for a reason. Oh, so absolutely. I'll give you an example. I 
I left um, the company that I loved, and it was just a situation. It was a life change for one of the partners, and and that in turn shifted a life change for me. Um, and I took a you know I took another job as um, a portfolio manager, which I felt at the time um, personally was a step back. And I was like, okay, God, <laughs> I can do this. You know, I can do this with my eyes closed, you know, but okay, I'll take this, you know. Um, this was after I got fired from the one job. So I took a different job after that. And then obviously I got fired. We talked about that on an earlier podcast, but um, I'm like, okay, I'll take this job. It pays half the money, whatever. I'm going to do it. And, uh, I didn't, I've been doing that for over two years and, you know, this job that was supposed to be so easy, you know, I could do this with my eyes closed because I'm smarter and more talented and have more experience and blah, blah, blah. And I'm a real estate broker and, you know, at the height of my addiction, um, I could not do the job. And Uh. it literally, I literally did not know why I could not do the job. Like, I would sit there and ask myself, why can I not do this? Never dawned on me. Never dawned on me that it had to do with the amount of alcohol that I was drinking. But it had me in a place where I just couldn't keep my head above water. Doing something that I had... That should be elementary to you. Absolutely, that I had excelled at years before and been promoted through. Um, You know, and then, fast forward, I'm... try to you know i don't try i do get sober and i go you know i'm working a program i'm going through the steps and i'm looking at it and i'm looking at it and i'm like okay (laughs) you know i ran operations for a company and i had you know 28 or 30 people that worked for me and that worked for the owner i mean i managed his business and i'm like now i have me right i I manage me And I'm like, okay, God, you know, I have I have this moments where I'm like, man, I'm grateful because I have the ability to go to an eight o'clock meeting in the morning before I start my day. I have the ability to work from home. I have the ability to only be responsible for me and to learn how to work as a teammate and not as the boss lady that tells everybody what to do. Right. Which um which in the height of my addiction was really bad. <laughs> yeah. You know what? A lot of times, a lot of times with my job, I get frustrated. There's nowhere to go. Uh, there's nothing, no higher to be. But the simplicity and the part, you know, I'm working with my hands. A lot of times that's way more than enough. You get right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, for, for me now. Um, but like I said earlier, you know, I, I think, I, you know, I think the 60 and 70 hour weeks changed, uh, when I went to policing, you know, when I first went to policing and I got out of my training, there would be days I'd go in on my off days. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a schedule change that was like none other I'd been through before. I was working 12 hour shifts, 6 PM to 6 AM. And uh, bored at night, just bored off my tail. And there'd be a lot of times I'd go in on day shift for free. Right. Why? Go, go in. And I remember one of the sergeants telling me one day, he 
He said, Corn, I know this is new to you. I know it's fun. <laughs> I know you're learning stu- stuff, but you are going to burn yourself out. And he said, also think about this. He said, what is the city going to do if you get hurt out here and you're not on the payroll? Right. He said, think, is workman's comp going to cover it? Is the insurance going to cover it? What's going to happen? Right. And he said, I guarantee you at the least it'll be a big stink. He said, so think about that. So, you know. I thought about that, but that job definitely allowed me, because of my free time by myself, is when I really started ramping up my drinking. Mm -hmm. So um, that is when I started slowing down the amount I was working because I wanted to be drinking by, you know, when I was policing, I had 15 days off a month. But mm-hmm. when I went back to running heavy equipment, you know, I wanted to be drinking by 6, 6.30. Are you serious? Let's hurry up and get this done. <laughs> I will come in early tomorrow to make sure I get off at the right time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I would I would come in early to make sure I wasn't there till mm-hmm. 6.30, 7 o'clock. Well, that would have totally been me had I not had the ability to, uh, A, drink, um, at or you know at or during work you know um and it was nothing to have a lunch meeting or you know a dinner meeting and have alcohol right you know and it was you know it was just a thing it's right. just what we did and then towards the end it was just like okay i'm not gonna you know and i've said this before i'm not gonna drink till three o'clock then I'm, then i'm not gonna drink till two o'clock then I'm not going to drink before noon, you know. And then I'm, you know, sitting at the bar putting Baileys in my coffee saying, I don't drink in the morning. Right. <laughs> I, I, when, I got, when I started getting sober, I told my sponsor, I'm like, I don't drink in the morning. And she goes, oh, you don't? She's like, well, what about mimosas or Bloody Marys or Baileys in your coffee? All of those things are morning drinks. Right. You know, right. and I was like, oh, man. You know, um, and then it was like, what do I have to do? What do I have to get done? But then it got, you know, crazy. You know, in some cases I, um, you know, would do, I would work harder. I would feel stronger in the beginning, you know. Oh, I had a couple drinks. I can do anything. Right. You know, Um, and that... uh, I won't say got me in trouble. It didn't, but it it just builded this. It builded. It builded. Builded. It builded. Bob the builded. Right. It built um, this false persona of who I was. Right. And so I just lived in that for a long time. So as as you was working and just you know kicking butt and taking names and just pouring everything you had into everything, perception of other people. Right, perception of this person isn't doing nothing because <laughs> th- th- this person they don't work as hard as I work. Right, <laughs> you know, Brian and I used to have this thing when we interview people. We we worked in East Atlanta in the East, East Atlanta Village in the SunTrust Building, and the bathroom was down the hall. 
like outside of the office you had to go down a hall like around two corners right every time someone would come we would it was so funny be like they go to the bathroom like an interview person or new hire and we'd be like how long were they gone how fast did they walk to the bathroom like if they weren't fast walkers like for for me it was like going to the bathroom was something that took away from the things i needed to do wow you know what i'm saying like we right. like we'd be like i mean that's how we we ran at a speed that didn't make sense right. and to t- to stop what you're doing get the key go out of the office go down the hallway i mean there was two doors to get into this private bathroom all the way to i mean we just thought it was the most ludicrous thing on the planet right you know so when we had to do it we were like we were down did our back i mean most of the people some of the workers would be like man she's been in the bathroom like 20 minutes <laughs> wow i mean that's the insanity behind it right. like they're a fast walker they're not they don't move fast enough they don't they can't run at our pace yeah you know it's crazy well do you know it it just made me think that i've definitely thought man this joker right here ain't hitting a lick on a snake <laughs> i mean it, this joker ain't doing nothing look i mean look at me i'm on our 70 this week and mm-hmm. this joker is talking about he's on our 52 <laughs> right and he he's got to go home Mm-hmm. You know what? It ain't none of my dad blasted business what he's doing. Right. Well, that's part of us trying to stay in the in the middle of the road. Well, you know, when when you when your work coincides with what other people do as well, right? And you have this mentality that that you're the boss, or you know more than everybody mm-hmm. else because, and you've put in more time, and you've done more, and you're the one that's been here late, and you're the one Word. that they call in when something's <laughs> happening. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're high and mighty and can pass judgment. That's right. On how sorry everybody else is. Mm-hmm. That is ridiculous. That is absurd. Yeah. And you know that that just pumps your ego more, hardens your heart even more. It's just like, you know, we talked about in the beginning that this is an addiction. This is an actual mental condition that affects us mentally and physically. Um, I say affects. I mean, I knew that it affected me um, like any other addiction. It changed how we feel. We used it to change how we feel. I used it to not go home when I was mad or didn't want to. Right. I used it to go in early when I want, you know, I used it for all of those things. I used it to to drink. I used it to feel better. I used it to be angry at. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, um and like you said, I put in all the hours. I'm the one that calls. I'm the, you know, I I control everything. Right. You know, um and I don't even own the f- freaking place. Right. <laughs> yeah, I literally don't own a stitch. Right. <laughs> you know? But the owners trusted me, and I'm like, well, you know, I I was the one that called. They called when the alarm went off, and I was the one that, you know, shoveled water out when it, when it flooded in rubber boots, you know, and I had to send the rest of the staff home, and I worked. I was the only one in the office in rubber boots because you can't have your staff working in ankle deep water. But right. I could do it because right. I had rubber boots. Right. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it's the sense of entitlement mm-hmm. that you give yourself to to judge people, 
right uh to to think you are above all the policy and procedure <laughs> yeah because i wrote it yeah <laughs> Right? You know, yeah. for me, it was like, well, I mean, I'm the one who told them that this is how you do it. And right. and I didn't think I could live for a number of reasons, right? I didn't think I could live off of less money. I didn't think I could be happy in a lower position. I didn't think my family would be – I just – the cra- the insanity behind it. And then to be in a situation now – God is so amazing because I literally make half right. of what I made in my in my last years, my tenure with that company. I make half, right? <laughs> and my family is comfortable. Now, we obviously, like everybody else, we've had our moments and our stuff and things break and you have to deal with financial stuff. But um, we live on much less. Right. I have much less stress. Um, I'm good at what I do. I do let it get to me sometimes, you know. Sometimes I get in my, in my self-pity and I'm all like, maybe I'll go look for another job that pays more money. Right. And I'm like, what do I need more money for? <laughs> right. I had more money, and what did I do with it? Yeah, exactly. You know, it doesn't make sense. It's uh, I'm still torn on it, whether or not I am, was, a workaholic because everything i explained in my mind you're you, justifying and rationalizing the no, addiction no no absolutely <laughs> absolutely not i'm thinking everything i'm uh everything i'm explaining in my mind sounds to me like i was just an egomaniac you see what i'm saying um Okay, yeah. I mean, I feel... Does that make sense? Of course. I mean, we all know that ego plays a, a large part in in our alcohol addiction. Right. I mean, you know, the job I've got requires, I mean, really and truthfully, a minimum 55 hours a week. Right? That's the standard. That's You know, that's... It, at the current workload, I feel that's the minimum. And I'm, you know, 57, 62, you know. Excuse me. Hours a week, probably on average. Uh, Running at that pace, is it easy for you? It is because I've done it for so long. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's the... Because that's what, 10? 40 hours a week. I haven't worked 40 hours a week since I was in, in all... Just straight up, I have not worked 40 hours a week. Even when I was at the police department, it was 42, right? And normally, normally on average, I was covering another shift every week. Right. So at the police department, you know, it was 56 hours a week on average. So if we go back to some of these, you know... Char- criterias, this characteristics. I mean, okay, let, let's let's. You, you know, your your decision to try to decide. Not that it matters, yeah, obviously. That, yeah. Um, but I, but I'm understanding a, if, that it's. I think for other people that you know, it's so much nicer on the other side. Right. For me, you know, I watched this um, TikTok video and. 
I don't know. It was one of those things like, you know, you know, say something about something you learned about being an adult without saying it or something. I don't know what it was, but the guy was like, you know, all the years that we didn't take the vacation, all the years that we put in the overtime, all the years that we went above, you know, all these things that we did, you know, at the end of the day, we're replaceable at oh, our ab- job. Absolutely. You know, that at the older we get, it's like, man, you know, it's plug and play. Right. You know, if I, if I drop dead today, oh, they're going to fill my job. Absolutely. Immediately, mm-hmm. if at all possible. Right. You know, because life goes on. Right. You know, so you have to take that time and say, you know, I'm going to not try to work like that. That's what I have to do. Right. Now, I still do, but I, I mean, I mean, this podcast is one of the blessings of not having to do that. Right. If I worked like I used to work, I wouldn't have time for I wouldn't, air quotes as you call it, right. have time for this. Right. You know? Read through those. What are they symptoms? Is that what you said? Uh, they call them um, criteria. Okay. Um, intensely focusing on ways to create more time in one's schedule. All right. Read that one more time. Slower. <laughs> intensely focusing on ways to create more time in one's schedule. More time for what? For anything, right? So, like, I catch myself doing that. Like, you know, okay, if I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. If I move this to the next day, then I can do this. Like, you know. Are you talking as far as workload? I would imagine that would be the okay. reference. But okay. but also, I mean, the only way you can work more is to move around personal things. Right. I don't think I'd do that. Um, regularly working long hours than originally anticipated. I will do that spontaneously. Mm-hmm. Use work as a coping mechanism for managing guilt, anxiety, depression, or feelings of helplessness. Now, no, mm-hmm. but I can't tell you yes or no of years past. You right. see what I'm saying? Well, I think if it came down to, this, like you said, you were talking about security. Security is a form of feeling helpless. You did not want your family to suffer, to right. have to worry if something happened to you. And to prevent that from happening, to pre- to attempt to prevent that helplessness, right. you worked more to make more money, to save more money, to make sure that it was covered. My perspective. Right. Um, ignoring the concerns of family and friends about the amount of time spent working. Definitely. True that. My husband said it. If he said it a thousand, he said it two thousand. Right. <laughs> Feeling stressed if you were unable to work. Yep, definitely. Um, frequently compromising mental and physical well-being at the expense of working. Yeah. And uh, experiencing negative health effects due to working. I um, you know, that last one at the end of my tenure with the other company, I was so stressed out. <laughs> you know, I won't say right at the end, but the last two years, I mean, I. I got thrust into a situation I wasn't comfortable with, but I wouldn't let it go because I love the company. And and I can remember there for a stretch of about six months, I drank a bottle of Pepto-Bismol every week. Wow. Um, An absolute nervous wreck. That's weird. Um, And it was rough. It was rough. Um, So, I mean, I got through that and, you know, there was a lot of circumstances for that stress, but that's what caused it. The stress of that, what was happening at the time. Um, But, yeah, I can say uh, I could check all those boxes. 
sweet. I could have. <laughs> you said sweet like it's an awesome thing. No, I, I, <laughs> I just, you know, wow. Yeah, it's especially a, when you look at it in a perspective of, you know, it really is a condition that um, affects not just your physical being, but your mental being. And and everyone around you as well. It just, I, I, it, it robs from your family. Yeah. It robbed from my family. Right. Well, it? I mean, let's just break it down. The truth will stand when the world's on fire. It robs you of serving others, period. Oh, yeah, because you're self-consumed. Yeah, it robs you of serving others. It uh, it hardens your heart. Yeah. It's all about you. It's all about what you're doing, what you can do, because everybody else is sorry and slow and ignorant. And, un- and it just fueled my, my drinking, for yeah. sure. I mean, for me, it did. Right. You know, working that, carrying that weight, carry, I mean... Not to mention that it was just kind of status quo um, to drink in the industry. I mean, I didn't just drink. <laughs> right. You know, and uh, um, it definitely didn't make that situation better. Well, you know, I, I think a little bit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of leave with this point for myself. When you work with people you like and they're gener- generally good-hearted people that are your friends. Mm-hmm. That too makes it easier to to be at work all the time. That's true. You know, I think all my buddies at the police department and, you know, where I work now since oh six, just some good hearted people that we like to hang out with and all of us are pretty close in age. Mm-hmm. So that two thousand eight period, you know, even when I was at the police department I was working there part time, you know, our late twenties and early thirties was we was having a ball after work, just hanging around, talking and drinking. Right. You know, that was not unusual mm-hmm. up, up until really. I mean, there would be spurts where it may not go on for a little while, but really on up to about 2018, mm-hmm. you know, was pretty a, a pretty regular thing. Right. I'm sure for mine, too. I mean, when I um, – but, you know, it has to be more than that for me. I mean, I, you know, work on a much larger company and, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and, you know, it can't be about or really like the people that I work with because it's it's growing and the people I work with are constantly changing, you know, but being happy with the with the work that I do every day. Right. Right. um, That's a different goal for me now. Like being okay with just being okay. Right. Um, and that that came later in sobriety for sure. In sobriety, you can be sincere about the effort you're putting in. Yeah. Right. It's not to stroke your ego. It's not fast uh, to the point to where I'm just going to show you how fast I can get it done, knock it out. Right. I mean, you can be sincere all the way down to the um, to the smallest detail now. Right. And before it was. You, Alcohol, ego, so just so many other sinful things that was driving it. For sure, you know. It it made me think real quick how a lot of times my wife would call, especially in the early years. What are you doing? Where are you at? I'm at work, but I wasn't working. 
It was 8.30 in the evening. It was dark, and we were sitting there drinking, which she ain't no dummy. Right. You know, but I'm at work. Yeah. I'm at work. I'm at work being an idiot. I'm in the parking lot of work. There ain't no work going on. Been there, done that. Ah, well, good deal, Jesse. You just, you That know, was a good conversation. Yeah, you, you come with it. I mean, you know. You started off rocky, mad. Well, not mad, but <laughs> very complex. <laughs> Sorry, guys, for my beachy for, attitude. Just showing up all upset about a Chick-fil-A uh, grilled chicken wrap. Well, let's be clear. I'm not upset about the chicken wrap. I'm upset about the fact that I have to count my calories to lose weight because I wasn't born thin, which I feel some kind of way about. And my husband hates when I say that. When I, so let me explain. When I say I feel some kind of way, I feel jaded that I have to work so hard to not be fat. So there's a little bit of that. Wow. But I did have a handful of french fries today, so you'd think I would be happier. Did you do a workout today? I did. Three miles. I walked three miles today. Good job. Good job. I ain't done mine yet. Get it. I mean, what are you waiting on? Well, we're, we're recording a podcast. <laughs> I don't I don't think they'd be able to hear me if I had that That's true. stationary bike in here peddling that Jew. But I think we're done. You we're got done. anything else? Not a thing. All right, y'all, if you want to send us a message, comment, ask us, talk to us off the elevator at gmail.com, Facebook, Instagram. Let's be clear. I did a Tumblr. Not real sure about that. Twitter. Pick one. All of them. One of the T's. I mean, seriously. But we'd like to hear from you. We'll holla at you. Bye.